Lord, we thank you for the access that we have through the blood of Jesus. And we've been given a right to stand before you without shame and guilt. Lord, not, not, we're not here to receive your wrath, but your wrath has been appeased in Jesus. And now we come before you as sons, daughters, as children of God that you have poured your love out upon. We value and treasure this place. I know sometimes people feel like uh, whether they verbalize it or not, they want to say, why is it taking so long? Why is it it taking so long for you fill in the blank in your life? Well, I know one of the keys to those kind of things is uh, don't act like we're we're waiting on God to do everything. Act like it's act like it's so because it is. You might recall the, the scripture in First John where it says, "If anyone asks anything according to His will, we know that He He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, we know that we have what have 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 not going to get have. When do we have them? When He heard us." When did he hear us? When we asked. So when we asked, we have the petitions that we've desired of him. And I find that interesting. Not only does the Bible say we have, but also goes on to say the, 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 the things, the petitions, the requests that we desired of him. Why is it desired? Because I have it, I don't desire it anymore. And how many know things come from God to us in the spirit first and in the natural second? When we recognize that, it's easy to lay hold of things. And people around you might think you're crazy. But you know something that they don't know. When you lay hold of something in the spirit, you literally have it. When you make requests of God, you're asking and you take possession of that spiritually what does that cause us to do? It causes us naturally to, not, to no longer act as if we don't have what we've asked. I begin acting differently the moment I make requests because I know he heard me. And if I know he heard me, I know he already granted it. So it causes me to act different. Why is it taking so long? Taking so long, so schmong. That's not the way we talk. Come on now, when we make, if, if I can make a request that I know he hears, then I've also known that he's responded and I've already got it. So I need to act that way. I need to talk that way. I need to let it, let it affect my emotions. Let it affect my demeanor. Amen. So thank you, Lord. It's not taking so long. No, got it the moment I prayed. I got it the moment I made requests. You know, we think of heaven being a long ways away. I don't really know. I can't, I haven't located it on the map yet, but I know this. Technology's way advanced. Doesn't take any time at all to get from here to there. The moment I make request, he hears me. Amen. You say, but the Bible says there, I'm quoting now from 1 John, that if we ask anything according to his will. Well, what is the way that he wants us to ask? 
What is His will for our asking? His will is that we believe that we receive when we pray, when we ask. His will is not that we just keep asking and asking and asking and asking and asking and trying to get Him to, Lord, please do something. That's not His will. No, His Lord, His will is that we ask and believe that it's done. Believe that we take possession when we pray. Remember, that's Mark 11, 24. Then Jesus said, you'll have. When will you have? When you believe that you have. Not when you believe that you're going to have. Not when you believe that God's going to do it. Well, I just believe God's going to do it. No, stop believing that God's going to do it. and Start believing He did it when you prayed. That He heard you the very moment that you asked. And there was a response from heaven. Yay, God. Amen. What does that do? It affects our, our demeanor. It affects the way we talk about things. Praise the Lord. I mean, if, when, when, you, when you get something, lay hold of it in the Spirit. Now, what does it do? It causes us to have a heightened expectation to see and feel it. When I know I have it in here, then my expectation is to see it real soon. Isn't that right? I'm expecting to see it real soon. Now you got to watch and don't make people your source, but you start wondering. You know, if it's a physical thing, you know, a material thing or something, uh, an opportunity, every time the phone rings, you start thinking that's it. Yeah. I mean, every, if, there's a, if the doorbell rings, oh, that's probably it right there. Now, you might be wrong, but your expectation is there because you got it. When you got it, it can't take much time, naturally speaking, because you already have it. And so everything that comes up, that's probably it. I'll probably get it tonight at church. I mean, if it comes to a person, you're thinking, well, you know, God's probably going to move on someone at church. Now, you're guessing, because it might not happen here. <laughs> but if not, you think you're thinking... You know, probably between here and home, something's going to happen because I've already got it. See, that, that, that's, that's how faith works. We get it, and then we are expecting to see it, see it show up. Amen. And like we quoted earlier from Hebrews chapter 4, the Bible says, Let us enter, let us boldly enter the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What do you mean, Enter. Well, there's something about the Lord. He's always, he's always wanted us to be close. He wants you close to Him. He wants me to be close to Him, not far. The Scripture tells us that we were once far, but we've been brought near by the blood of Jesus. I used to be separated from Him because of sin. But he went to great lengths, took great efforts, so he and I would not be separated anymore, but that we would be close. Now, now forever, forever and ever, if you've accepted the Lord, you are close to him. You're never again going to be far. Never again going to be, you know, like some of those relationships you might have down here. Hopefully those are going away, but you know you're at arm's length figuratively speaking, where you just can't get close to the person. I want you to know the Lord will never treat you that way. 
Never will he hold you away at arm's length and just kind of not let you in. No. The moment I said, Jesus, <laughs> I'm in. I got all the way in. All right. Now, what happens to us sometimes and why uh, this can be valuable is we drift up here and we feel like we're far away. We feel like, man, I got so much going on, I don't even feel close to the Lord anymore. Sometimes people come to me, happened just a few days ago, but, you know, they're just un, just uncertain of their salvation, uncertain of their standing with God. And then he said, well, what do you do when you just don't feel saved? He asked me, uh, he, he asked me, how am I supposed to feel now that I'm saved? And I said, you're not. I said, it's, it's independent of your feeling. If you feel good, glad to hear it. If you feel bad, doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. And once we recognize that, we dismiss those negative feelings quickly. Uh, that doesn't mean anything, because it doesn't. God's not coming and going based on my emotion. If I feel up, He's there. If I feel down, He's gone. No. I'm saved because I did what He said I should do. I put my faith in the Son that Jesus, of course, took my sin, was raised from the dead. I made him the Lord of my life. Because I acted on Romans 10, I'm saved. Okay? What? I'm near him now. The Lord and I, we are like that forever. We are tight. All right? Now, are there days where we feel like this? <laughs> you know, I'm over. Uh, yeah, there are days when... But feelings don't count. Why? Because we walk by faith, not by sight. Sight represents the physical senses, the feelings that we have sometimes. Am I, am I away from God because I don't feel goosebumps? No. And I cannot be dissatisfied because I don't feel something. Hmm. And, and listen, if, you, if you're like me to any degree, you might be might have experienced way more than me. But I, at times, I've experienced God's presence real strong. I mean, I can't compare it to stronger because I hadn't had stronger. But I can compare it to normal feelings. Normal day-to-day -day life, I'm just like anybody else. Feel tired, hungry at times, you know. All this kind of stuff, have the normal feelings. There's times compared to that where the presence of God has been manifest... And it's really, really good. Really nice. Well, what can happen is when you have some experiences like that, when you don't again, well, what's happening? It's like, Lord, what's going on here? I mean, is there a problem? I mean, no, he's not going to respond to that. Because he does not want us to live our lives based on feeling, even if it's a, even if it's a feeling from him. Even if it's a tangible presence like, phew, glory to God, and you can hardly stand still. It just feels so good. Uh, but he doesn't want us to be locked into that. That's not the basis for our relationship with him. It always go back, goes back to Hebrews 11:6. For without faith, it is impossible to please him. That means I act like I do when it's feeling good, when it's not. Amen. First thing in the morning, I'm just as saved as after a prayer meeting. Yeah, thank you, Lord. 
or at any time of the day, no matter what's going on, I'm just as saved. God is just as with me as he is at other times. But here's what we need. Here's what's very valuable is to, like we sung, draw near. Where are we drawing near? Right up here. We're drawing near. We're becoming more aware. We're becoming more mindful and conscious of His presence in our lives. Being mindful, that's helpful. Why? Because He is my help. He is my strength. He is my answer. He is my joy. And, And listen, I understand we get going busy through the day. Got a thousand things to think of. And by the way, that's true even for those in ministry full time, like pastoring and stuff. Sometimes people think that, uh, you know, pastors just spend all day in the spirit. Just, you know, got a prophecy every 10 minutes. And and uh, no, 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 lots of natural stuff to deal with. And you can feel, feel very carnal at times. <laughs> but we know that the Lord is the same. And we're always close. But we draw near, bring our minds back to Him. And it re- helps us, it really helps us in our degree of confidence to walk with him and let his power flow through us let's go over for a few minutes um, and look at the book of James just know this if you've been, been feeling far away you're not if you've been saved I tell you what the Lord is right there in your life he hasn't left you even for a moment if you failed and you've drawn back yourself and you've shrunk away you may be called a backslider but the Lord hasn't left you if you've received him he said he would never leave you and he never has he said he would never forsake you and he never has forsaken you and so today you can call on his name and he's right there to embrace and to speak into your life and to reveal himself in a greater way than you've ever known he's there for you today thank you Lord Now, everybody over there in James, right? There were some things stirring around on me earlier. And let's just follow that a little bit, and I'll see where that takes us. Let's see, James chapter 2. And and verse 8. He said, if you really fulfill the royal law... According to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well. This is the New Testament, even though he's quoting Old Testament stuff. He said, if you'll love your neighbor as yourself, what he called the royal law, he said, you're doing good. That's a good thing to do. You do well if you love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I've been thinking about this word a little bit, neighbor. Everybody say neighbor. Neighbor Neighbor is a word that, looking that word up in the, the Greek that our New Testament was translated from, it said it means close by. Close by. It's translated neighbor and near. A neighbor is someone who is where? They are near to you, someone close by. And again, the Lord has always dealt with us that way. Through sin, we were far away. But He made a way so we could be close, so we could be near to Him. Likewise, now, the Lord seems to give special attention 
in our lives to those who are close to us as opposed to those who are far from us. I should be mindful of, in my life, of who is my neighbor as opposed to maybe someone who lives in China. You know what I'm talking about. Nothing against the, you know, the Chinese or any other country you might name, but I don't really know anyone off the top of my head. I know some missionaries that live there, but I don't really know anyone who lives in China or Japan or a bunch of countries we can name. You realize how many countries there are? <laughs> Most of us have never even heard of some, or we did and forgot them again. <laughs> but they are not the focus of my life. They're not, let me say it this way, they're not the main focus of my life. Why? Because they're far from me. And the Lord gives special attention to those who are close to us. Everybody with me now? All right. Those who are nearby, those who are close by. And, you know, when it comes to the body of Christ, every person on the planet who's been born again, how many know that's pretty big? There's a lot of Christians in different parts of the country, different parts of the world, even different parts of our city and our area here that we don't have direct contact with. We are a part of the same family of God, but we don't have direct connection. And we're not supposed to. I mean, it's just phys- it's just humanly, physically, mentally uh, impossible for me to connect with all other believers in the body of Christ. Who am I supposed to connect with? Those who are close to me. Those who, those who are who are nearby. Those who are neighbors to me. And so. The main emphasis of our activity is always going to be directed towards those. And I say the main. I didn't say exclusively and only. But the main focus is going to be on those close to me. Who am I going to pray most for? Those who are close to me. Who am I going to... Where am I going to invest my my giving, my offerings, and my tithes? Where am I going to give that? To what's close. First. Not to what's far first, to what's close first. Who am I going to help? I'm going to help people who are close to me, those who are near me, before I'm going to help someone who's far away from me. Everybody with me now? You don't have to agree yet, just be with me. (laughs) I want you to examine everything by the word. Amen. (laughs) Look at 1 Timothy 5. That's the left turn from where you were. 1 Timothy 5. And verse 8, 5, 8. It says, But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those who are really close to him, that's my paraphrase, for those of his own household, He has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Notice the emphasis. The Lord said, you take care of those who are close to you first. 
Now, does, does that mean that we, are, we can never take care of or provide for or do good for those who are further away? No, but it never calls you worse, worse than a heathen if you don't do it. Hmm. The Scripture doesn't tell us you are a rascal, man, if you don't take care of those people way over there. But he, do, but he does say you are worse than an unbeliever if you don't take care of those close to you, those who are of your own household. Okay? Again, special emphasis given on those who are near us. It's like, um, well, basically this is, you can see, this is God's priority system. He didn't tell us not to help people far away, but he did put emphasis on those who are close, those who are nearby. It's, a, it's not a matter of one or the other. It's what's more important or what's first. It's like the scripture talks about, uh, about the tithe. Remember from Malachi? It says to bring the tithe into the, anybody know? All, bring all the tithe into the storehouse. Why the storehouse? Because it's close. The, clo- the storehouse is close to you. The storehouse is where you are. It's in your general locality. The storehouse is not far away. It's close by. So he said, take all of the tithe, which is the tenth, he said, and you put it there. You direct it in that fashion. Okay. I know something that the Lord stirred in my heart a while ago, a year ago, uh, roughly, is that there were some things that needed, needed to happen in our ministry here where the base had to be established before some other things would take place. Some things that I'm not going to tell you right now. <laughs> but some things I believe the Lord has for us to do in the future. Some things the Lord has for us to, uh, some different ministry things that He wants us to be involved with and wants us to do. But the, what I knew on the inside is some things needed to be established more at the base. The home needed to be established more before certain outreaches could take place, if I'll just tell you that. And it seems to be something that's valuable and important in the Word of God that we're definitely about, and I don't mean we don't outreach now, of course we do, but there's some things that will be additional. But the Lord never wants people to do do so much so fast that they deplete the base, that they ruin the opportunity of ever doing something again. In your life, the foundation of your life is so vital. That's why taking time and take and not being in a hurry, where I've got to go do I've got to go do this. I've got this burning in me. I've got to go do it now. Well, there might be some times when it is time to do something now, but the Lord values a big, deep, wide foundation where things can be established and operate for years. And in our heads sometime, we, we want to do everything 
today. <laughs> Give it all, Lord, and bring it all now. But there's some element of preparation, a foundation that must be laid before some things can happen. That principle is true in so much of what we do. Let's, let's look at Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. You know this scripture, but this is when Jesus uh, talked to the disciples before, you know, for, before the day of Pentecost, all this stuff. Um, verse 8, this is a great Holy Spirit scripture. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me. Where? In Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now, I think what can be here is somewhat of a progression. Even though the scripture says and, where did they start ministering? In Jerusalem. Well, what is Jerusalem? Well, that's where they were. Where does the Lord want to start doing something in your life? Where does He want you to start being involved in His kingdom? Right where you are. And then He went from Jerusalem to Judea. All right. Uh, Judea wasn't too far away. And, uh, and then to Samaria and the uttermost parts of the world. Samaria was another group. You know, Samaria, they were had is a different race, different uh, religious belief system. There was some, uh, some real um, issues there. But he no notice what he said. They, they've got to start where they are. Where does the Lord want to use you? Right here. Well, the Lord called me to a worldwide ministry. You might want to start with a backyard ministry. <laughs> Everybody listening? And too many times people want to start, we want to start off here, but the Lord has called us to do something right where we are. In fact, He's called every one of us to do something right where we are. And then from there, it progresses, and we do more, and He makes, uh, you know, different calls, different people, uh, and so forth, but the Lord wants to do that. Uh, likewise, with the local church, where does the Lord want us, uh, us to minister? Here. Does he want us to minister in the uttermost parts of the earth? Yes. But there's got to be a focus. There's got to be attention given to Jerusalem. In other words, where we are today, where we are right now, that's where a majority of the ministry goes. Now, now in, in our church, of course, we, we minister and do things around the world. But honestly, it's not huge at this point it's not huge resources it's not a huge amount of attention I believe the day is going to come and not the distant not distant where that kind of stuff is going to increase where the Lord is directing us and leading us to be more involved in doing some more of that stuff but things are done in their proper order and in their proper time What's he focusing on now? Again, not to the exclusion of it, because the word and is there. We, we can do both at the same time, but there's some preparation being done. 
there's some groundwork being laid. And I realize this, trust me, I realize this like more than anybody. <laughs> Nine years later, <laughs> here, here shortly, Nine years later, I'm thinking, Lord, foundation doesn't take that long. <laughs> In other words, I mean, there's definitely been a huge increase and in, 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 in direction, and God's doing some things here, and, and we see it increasing many times uh, be right before our eyes, but there's some explosions out in the future. There's some, there's some really big expansion and some really big things that the Lord has called us to be a part of and do, but some of those, have a, do, they do have a timeline on them. And it's called, take care of this here. you got to give your attention to what you're doing locally. Amen. Is everybody with me today? Is this, is this okay? This is different than a... Well, they're all different, I guess. But uh, we understand the principle that we've got to be faithful in little before God gives us much. And wherever you're at today, be faithful with little. Never despise the days of small beginnings. And act like, man, I just got to make something happen. I just got to go do something. And uh, back when I was in Bible school, um, you know, there were, there were some who were very convinced that the Lord was going to be back in a couple years. And a lot of us had that sense like, hey, it's any time. And we still do to this day. It could be any time. Uh, but some forego, uh, is that the right word? But they didn't finish their training. They thought, we don't have time. I mean, I don't got time to go to school. I don't have time to take another year, another two years, another. I, I don't have time to prepare this long. I mean, we've got to get out there, man. We've got to get something done. I mean, Jesus is coming back and people are going to hell. We've got to get out there and do something. And they miss an opportunity to take care of some things internally. And what happens is long term, frequently they don't last because they didn't take the time necessary. They weren't faithful in what they saw as a small thing. It may have been a small thing in the eyes of man, but I tell you what, every time you bow your knee and pray, every time you take, you take a moment aside to invest the Word of God into your heart, you take time to read and hear, those times are so valuable. They will save you years of failure. The Word was it Job who said, have I, or was it David, have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you? Is that David? How uh, many understand uh, a little bit of word or a lot of bit of word, richly, in your heart? Uh, sin can cost you a lot of time. Falling into certain temptations, falling for certain temptations, getting involved in certain sinful activity can really take years out of your life. It really can. And if I don't take time to prepare so I'm ready when that thing comes at me because I don't have time for it. You know, I'm too busy doing good stuff. I'm too busy getting involved in good stuff. I don't have time to, you know, invest all this into me. Okay, you ready to take a five-year break? When no one will listen to you, or no one will respect you, or your reputation is thrashed because temptation came to your door and you couldn't resist. You fell and you were weak. Let's never despise or never minimize the value of taking time to do what's necessary to be strong. Amen.
It's not the same. I know our salvation is the same. Equal standing in place with God. It's the same for all of us. But there are some who will invest God's word into their life. They will take time to hit a class at the church. They'll take time to listen to things on the CD or uh, MP3. They'll take time to come to a service like this. And it's not the, the outcome of their life is not the same. The one who sloughs, the one who slacks, and the one who says, Lord, I'm going to invest spiritual things into my life. One person will have a leg up. And they will remain strong when others fall. I tell you what, you know, I sure want our country to get better and everything. You know how it's kind of sick and everything in, in many ways. I sure want it to get better. Um, I'm not a politician, so I don't have to make any promises. <laughs> I'm not convinced the world is going to get any better. I know economically things go up and down. But this world as a whole, I'm not convinced it's going to be a better place in 50 years or 10 years. But what I can know is this, that if I will hide his word in my heart, if I will do what's necessary for my life I'm going to be better 10 years from now I don't know what's going to be happening in the, in the climate of our culture you know, socially or fiscally or anything like that but I know God and I know I can be you know like the man in the, with the boy in the bubble <laughs> you know as far as the blessing of God can reside upon me don't we have example after example of God coming through for people in the midst of adversity in the midst where everyone else has fallen apart, God shows himself strong in somebody's life. Who's that going to be? That's going to be me. Come on now. Determine. That's going to be me too. That's going to be me. Amen. And so we can see here that, 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 that progression. You know, it's one thing to have an enemy on the other side of the planet. It's another thing to have an enemy that lives next door. And this is why there's special attention given in the Word of God to those who are close to us, those, those, those who are near. Who is the person who is near? Let, let's look over at uh, the book of Luke, um, chapter 10. Thank you, Lord. You know, back in the Old Testament, David one time when they before he was king and everything uh, he and his men his people they they were out I forget what were they doing first it's first Samuel 30 they were out doing something Some people came in lit everything on fire took their families away and they went out after them and got them back and uh, you know there's more to it than that uh, but they took that they got the spoil and everything and most of his people because some of the people stayed back and some of them went along and the people there who went along who fought in the battle and, and won the victory they didn't want anyone who stayed back to get anything they said, well we'll give you your wife and your kids back but giddy up out of here you're out of here and David said he, he said an ordinance at that time um, he said no they're getting some too and he valued those who stayed by the home base as well as those who went out he valued those who watched the supplies and took care of the took care of the base as much as those who went out and they shared and it became a common practice from that day that they would do those things. 
You know, God has called some of us to go out and some of us to stay, and there's a reward for all of us. In Luke chapter 10 and verse 30, Luke 10, verse 30. Uh, yeah, well, th this is this, this time when this guy was asking, you know, this lawyer was asking uh, what he needed to do to have eternal life. And, of course, there, under the law, Jesus talked to him about the commandments. And, um, you know, and he talked about loving his neighbor as himself. And, uh, but he, verse 29, wanting to justify himself, he said to Jesus, who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed him, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at that place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and, and when he saw him, had compassion. And he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you uh, spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said to him, and he said, he who showed mercy on him, Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Now, uh, what, what we, of course, there's a lot, lot of stuff in, in here that, that we can see. Um, of course, the Samaritan was considered a dog and all this kind of stuff. They were uh, not respected by the Jewish people. The two people that were a part of his own gang you know, they walked on the other side of the road and ignored someone who, who's, who, who was in trouble, someone who was hurting. And Jesus made mention of the fact that he called, or he called the neighbor in this, in this case, obviously meaning more than physical proximity, but the true neighbor, the one who walked in love towards him, was the Samaritan guy, okay, the guy who had no natural reason to, to help him. Uh, in fact, they didn't like each other. But he considered him to be the neighbor because he helped. When it comes to us now, I want to get back to this thought. The Lord gives special emphasis on those who are close to us, those who are near to us. In what way are we to approach that in our lives? Who is our, who is close to you? Who is your neighbor? I believe ultimately we might be able to say it's physical. It's the person who lives next door to you. It's the person who sits by you at church. It's the person you run into at Starbucks every three times a day. <laughs> it's, the, it's, it's the person you work with. It's the person you see on a regular basis. Ultimately, probably, it's, it's anyone that God brings across your path. What am I supposed to do with them? I am to love them as myself specifically now we can see that Jesus gave the example of someone else hurting that if I am a true neighbor if I am the one fulfilling the royal law loving my neighbor as myself I am looking out for those who are close to me now I realize there are people all over the world who are suffering there are people in dire straits. Sometimes it's earthquake-related and natural disasters. I mean, there's wars in different parts of the world, and people are suffering. And honestly, it's a relief that we don't know about a lot of it. 
I mean, that might sound cruel, but it's a relief that we don't bear the burden of it individually because we can't fix it. Now, it doesn't mean the Lord wouldn't have a person get involved with someone something far away because He may at times have us to do something for those far away. But I know for certain the Lord wants to use you and wants to use me for those who are close. Who is the Lord bringing across the pathway of your life? Who has He already intersected you with? Sometimes we play dumb or carnal in the sense that, uh, you know, hey, what a coincidence (laughs) that we met. Let's not, uh, you know, I'm not the kind of person to be spooky spiritual and put a spiritual spin on everything, you know. (laughs) Not every person I meet is a divine appointment. But I'm not going to be so spiritually dull to recognize that some of them are. I don't want to be so disconnected with the the close-by principle that I'm not recognizing that I am a carrier of God's presence and power. I am the answer to somebody else's prayer. Hmm. I am the hand of God outstretched into a dying world. And I don't want to be, again, so spiritually dull to never recognize that He has me meeting certain people at certain times for a reason. Just like I know this, if I pray, let's say I'm believing God for finances. I know that there's a good likelihood that that finances, that those finances are going to come through another person. Now, it could come through an opportunity. Uh, there are many different ways it can happen. But oftentimes... It's people connect. It's people related, and so when I pray, I start to expect God to move on somebody else and for something to happen in a relationship or a connection with the person. What do I think other people are doing? They're doing the same thing. They're praying, and what's God going to do? He's going to move on somebody, and that somebody might be me. So not only should I be aware of how God might use somebody else for me. But let's get back to love. Love is not about me. Love is about somebody else. And who's in my path? Who, who might I intersect uh, this week? And am I looking on the inside? Am I, do I have the question, Lord, do you want to use me to do something for them? Do you need me to pray for them? Do you want me to put 100 bucks in their, in their hand? Do you want me to talk to them, encourage them? How do you want to use me? Let me know that's good seed to sow. To be investing and looking how God might use us. But who's already in your life? Some of you have been working with people, the same people for years. And not once has there ever been a a conversation about spiritual things. I mean, they're lost. You're not. And you know the way. And yet, after all these years, never had a conversation. Never found an opportunity to bring it up. Well, I'm just praying that the Lord will give me an opportunity. <laughs> Listen, I understand and recognize the value of living before someone and letting your life be a testimony, but come on. 
How long? I mean, if your life is that testimony, you can speak now and your voice carries weight because you're, you've been a, a living witness. But let's not forget, you're close by certain people for a reason. God values the relationship, the nearness of you to another person. And there needs to be a connection there. Well, there's nothing wrong with them. What, naturally? What about their spirit? about their life, what about their des- eternal destiny. We have answers that people need. And so let's start to recognize. What do you say? Start to recognize who's close by me. Who have I lived by for years? And yet we've never, you know, we talk about the yard, we talk about work, we talk about the kids, we talked about, uh, you know, the the, uh, the neighborhood association and how they they keep raising the prices and you talked about them with that you talked about everything with them but never once have you talked about what's really important or have you ever asked them is there anything I can do for you do you need any, do you need any help with anything or have you ever have you ever done this Lord oh there's so and so there's the neighbor anything I should say to him give me a word Lord Give me a word for them. Let it be an opening, an opportunity. God will give you something supernatural to share. Amen. God's all about closeness. You and Him. Tight. Tight. All the days of your life and forever. And other people have come into our lives so we can have a give and take. There can be influence there. Amen. Amen. Father, we just bless you tonight. We bless your name. Thank you for for some of these things here. Thank you for your word that helps us, that enlightens us, and directs our paths and our steps. We believe that you're faithful to direct us in all that we should do. Lord, you've sent others into our lives. I can think of those who've been a blessing to me, who've helped me, who've been there for me who've given to me, who've encouraged me. Lord, I thank you that you've placed others in in my life so I can be the answer to their prayer as well. May every person recognize even tonight all those whom you've called to be a part of their life, that they might be aware of those around them. May we not be oblivious to the needs of people. May we not be oblivious to the eternity that we'll all exist in forever. Lord, thank you for helping us tonight, for ministering to each and every life, for taking us higher, for taking us up.